Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in 1 Corinthians 11, but before we go there, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today and thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for blessing me and loving me when I don't deserve it. I lift up this time, Lord, to you, and I just pray that you would be the one that speaks to us, that it would be your wisdom, your understanding we would gain. There'd be nothing from me and all from you. I thank you for all that you've done again for me today. In Jesus' name, amen. So today I was listening to the message on Sirius XM, and the announcer, DJ, whatever they call him, he was saying, you know, God doesn't call us to be to be perfect. He doesn't call us to be awesome. In fact, we should leave being awesome to Jesus, and we should just love him and accept his love. And you know, it's it's interesting because I'm a very competitive person. I've grown up in sports. I was I swam and swam and played water polo, swam at pretty high levels. And, you know, so it's one of those things that I've always striven, strived, striven, strived to do great, to do my best, to be the best, very competitive that way. And always think that if you don't do, if you're not first, you're, you know, second is the first loser. And so I've been going through that with my, my spiritual life. You've probably listened to it and gotten sick of it actually, because I talk about how I don't do this, don't do that, drink too much, swear too much, don't love people enough. And I'm surprised you all are still listening to, to this podcast. But the reality is, is God tells us, he gives us a command. Jesus tells us, what's the most important thing to do? To love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your being. <clears throat> and then to love your neighbors as yourself. He doesn't say, be perfect. He doesn't say, you know, don't ever swear, don't ever sin. He says, love God with your whole being and love your neighbors. And we see throughout all of this, all of these discussions, we see that as the critical elements. We see Jesus or Paul or whoever it might be, um, Matthew, Mark, they all talk about how Jesus loved people and then they were shown how to love people, how to serve people. They weren't shown how to be perfect. They weren't shown how to be the most brilliant. They were shown how to love people and serve them. So when I, when I heard that today, it really, it really hit home. Because I struggle every day, and I've been pretty down on myself recently, to be quite candid. Because I continue to sin, and and it just, quite candidly, it pisses me off, and it upsets me. And then I get mad at God. Why aren't you helping me be be perfect? Wow, I'm just being a, a whiner. And it's one of those things where I just I sit there, and, and it hit me very, very hard. And then this next set of next set of um, readings hit home too in a lot of ways quite candidly I'm not a hundred percent sure as to the this first part 
about the head covering. But what I do take out of that is that God treats men and women the same. There may be different acts or roles that they play, but no one's more or less important than the other. And that there, when there's submission, it's through godly submission. When there's love, it's godly love. It's not this dominance element here. So let's go ahead and get started. We'll start with chapter 11, verse 1. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding to the traditions just as I pass them on to you. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It is the same as having her head shaved. So this apparently was a big tradition in, in the Corinthian church. Um, just in Corinth, the whole there, there's a number of things that are going to be addressed here. One is it was traditional for men to um, not cover their heads or cover their heads, women to do the same and whatnot. And people were getting, the Corinthian church was really getting separated, and they are f- arguing and fighting about it. So Paul's trying to bring them back into understanding, hey, look, bottom line, the head of all of this is God and Jesus. So stop it. And then the other part where they're failing and they're really causing disunity and they're not loving their, their neighbors or their fellow church members at all is in the Lord's supper. And you're going to see that in the second half of this, where the reality was, is many of the wealthy people were bringing a ton of food, but they were just keeping it for themselves. They're bringing a ton of wine to the feast and only drinking it themselves and getting hammered. And so people were getting hammered, they were getting drunk, and then yet they were gorging themselves and being gluttons while allowing the poorer members of the church to go away hungry. And so they were really perverting the whole concept of the Last Supper. So anyway, sorry about that. Uh, Verse 4, Every man who prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It is the same th- same as having her head shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, she might as well have her hair cut off. But if it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, then she should cover her head. A man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God. But woman is the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Again, Garden of Eden. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. It is this reason that a woman ought to have authority over her own head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as woman came from man, so also man is born of woman. So everything comes from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not the very nature of things teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. For long hair is given to her as a covering. If anyone wants to be contentious about this, we have no other practice, nor do the the churches of God. So there's a lot of feuding going on about all this. And if you read the tone, which I tried to interject, Paul's kind of fed up with it and and they're making more out of it than they should is ultimately. And so he's like, here's the, here's the practice. We have no other. 
Verse 17, in the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have been, no doubt there have to be, there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's supper, is it is not the Lord's supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. matter. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I'll give you further direction. So, I never really fully realized how sarcastic <laughs> Paul could be. Um, if you read that with the right with certain tones, that can be that can be very you know condescending almost. But it seems that they they deserve it because they're really not understanding. But again, I think about myself. I don't understand anything half the time either. I read the word and then I completely yeah, I'm baffled by it. Just like I'm pretty baffled by the first part about the, the head, covering the head. But when I read the, the commentaries, it really had to do with the fact that, the, that the, um, the Corinthians were making a big deal out of nothing and causing a lot of division. And then they were having greater division because they were really having a feast every time they went to church and they were drinking and eating until they got drunk and overly, f- overly full. And then they were leaving other members you know, hungry and basically screwing up the whole concept of what the, the, the last supper was all about, what communion really is. So it's one of those things where I can sit here and say, yeah, they're so dumb, but the reality is it's me too. I sit here and I don't understand. And I try to add more onto what I have to do in order to be a good son of God. I sit there and I'm like, Hey, 
you need to be perfect. You ne- you need to never swear. You never ne- you need to never do this. You need to never do that. You can't have lust in your heart. You can't think about during church services that you'd rather you wish you were on your boat, right? You can't do any of those things, but I do them. I do them all the time. And I sit there and then I get down on myself because I'm not perfect. And the reality is, do I love God with all my heart and all my soul? Yeah, I do. And do I love my neighbors as myself? Kind of (laughs) not. I'm doing my best because I really have some interesting people. No, that's an excuse. But the reality is that's what I'm supposed to focus on. And if the Corinthians were focused on that, they'd be feeding their neighbors and a fellow church members. They wouldn't be demonstrating how rich they are because they have tons of wine and food. Getting full and drunk when others are hungry. That's not the, That's really not the example of loving your neighbor, right? But again, I can judge easily, but then I, I can be judged so easily too for my massive failures. But I'm grateful because God allows us our shortcomings. That's why he gave us that task. Love him with all that we are and love our neighbors. I personally think it's probably one of the harder tasks, but at the same time, that's what we're supposed to do. Not be perfect, not be awesome, because that's his job, not mine. So with that, let's go back to God. Father, thank you for having the right expectations for me and pointing out through others and your word, when I'm just making a mess of it because I'm focusing on the wrong things. So, Father, I thank you, and I just praise you, and I pray you'd help me in my quest to love you with my whole heart and being. Help me in my inability to do that fully, and help me even just as much in loving my neighbors, because I don't do that very well. I don't do either very well. I'm candidly not the not the most emotionally loving person. So Father, I just pray for your guidance and your help and your support, and I'm grateful for all you've done. You've protected me, you've protected my family, and I just lift them up, and I pray that you continue to bless them. Bless our nation and bless our friends too, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.